So, so that's number one. So we do not discriminate. But in my experience of doing this for 30 years, the higher income somebody makes, the more in tune they are with the messages that I just shared with you. So let's just kind of break that down because I know it sounds like a mouthful when you say it like that, right? So going back to our example, $40 million. So a guy in New York is supposed to pay $20 million in taxes, 50%, right? Our fee is 30% of the $20 million, right? So our fee is $6 million. So he still walks away with $1.4 million plus 14, $14 million. The $20 million. I'm sorry, $14, $14 million. Plus the 20. So he walks away with 34 million versus 20 million. So it's a win win for all parties. And by the way, you know, this, I don't know if you were about to ask me this, but I get this question a lot. But, but Zach, what if they get audited? You know, their accountants are Ernst and Young, and those guys and the KPMG guys, they never said that something like this exists. But yet you are able to do this strategy. Is this a miraculous tax code that you invented? I didn't invent anything. I'm just a messenger. I just really went out there. I'm an eager beaver. We just learned a whole bunch of stuff that if you dig deep enough, you'll find it too. You know, if you're in the tax business, that is. So essentially, we have created a win-win situation for our clients. And uh, we take pride in that because we believe that if you, uh, if, if everybody, like I said at the beginning of our call, that you know, a, a, a high level two, 300 person accounting firm is giving essentially the same advice that a local CPA is giving, except they just charge more and they're dealing with a seven figure client. I mean, who's really earning? I mean, are their fees really justified? Because they charge, for example, $50,000 for a tax return that a local CPA might charge you 1500 for. Right? It's the exact same advice. So I feel like that is a little bit of a disservice that the industry does to the uh, hardworking American taxpayer, and we want to make a difference, and that's what I have, that's why I've worked very hard to know what I know, and we are backed by a 60-person CPA firm and a 200-person tax law firm that backs us, and a lot of our knowledge and education kind of comes from some of that, and we also offer them, and on top of everything, if that wasn't enough, the cherry on top is audit guarantee. If they were to get audited based on any tax planning that we offered, we pick up the cost on uh, defending that portion of our planning. So basically, uh, you've just you know, for them. You've just so, is, um, no CPA firm dug into the that. tax code that Congress gave us. And probably most of the Congress people know what you know, because they've written right. stuff. <laughs> and you're and that's what you're they doing do. your work on. Certainly. Certainly. That's exactly right. And, and the last last two examples, if I can share with your audience, is, look, you know, we all know about Elon Musk. is the most popular name, right? If you Google his name and you say, hey, Elon Musk income taxes, several articles are going to pop up that say Elon Musk pays literally zero income tax. And I know for a fact that he makes a lot more money than all of my clients combined, Right. So if a guy like him can pay zero income tax, obviously he's not doing anything illegal. He has 10 advisors such as myself who are saying, here's the tax code. We're going to put it to work. So why shouldn't all of us as mere mortals that we are to utilize the same tax code? So we want to bring that uh, advanced tax planning to the general public and have them take advantage of uh, everything that the law allows us to use. 
identifying a CPA that understands tax strategy and is willing to work within the confines of the tax law that is there for mm-hmm. us to work with is one of the most difficult things mm-hmm. to find. Right. And you know why? Because CPAs, proverbially speaking, are in the hamburger making business. They're like the guy at the McDonald's window. Okay. You show up, I show up, we all get the same hamburger. You might get a a Big Mac and I might get a single, but that's really about the difference. Versus Emeril Lagasse (laughs) or Wolfgang Puck. Those are chefs, right? So there's a big difference. When you go to their restaurant, food doesn't show up in three seconds, right? They take their time. Right. They prepare a meal. And that's what we align or that's that's essentially what we're trying to distinguish, that the CP has to knock out so many tax returns. They don't have the time to sit with you and say, hey, what else you got? You have a capital gain. OK, sorry. Here's your tax bill. Next. Would, would you would you agree with yeah, me yeah, on that? Insight, no, absolutely. Uh, Aaron? Yeah. Come tax season, they don't even have time to scratch their heads. Right. But that's the business model they're in. But yet. Every single taxpayer says, nope, if my CPA says it, it's true. Everybody else says it, it's false. But yet this guy barely gave you 10 minutes of his time. Yep. That's it, right? Otherwise, you're dealing with their assistants and account and secretaries to just collect paperwork and putting numbers in boxes. Nobody's doing strategy. And that's where the private wealth management community, especially our firm, Sabre Wealth Management, mm-hmm. is an independent fiduciary. So we are really like your search engine for the financial markets, but we filter all our clients through the tax planning first because yeah. that is your biggest bill. Before you put food on the table, Uncle Sam gets a piece of yeah. your hard earnings, right? Especially as a W-2 person, you know it way too well because every time, every week, every two weeks you get your paycheck, you said, oops, I made X, but I get a small portion of it. With business owners, of course, you're supposed to pay your quarterly taxes, but many don't. They wait till the end of the year. And then the accountant says, by the way, yeah. write a big fat check. And now they're scrambling. They're taking from their future earnings of 2024 to pay the 2023 tax bill. But as luck would have it, as we are all on this call and all the listeners um, uh, listening to this, they have an opportunity up until October of 2024. So we have almost nine months ahead of us here, right, to zero out their tax bill from 2023. So the tax planning that they did not do in 23, that's through filing we can still do it in right? 2024. And this is only for 1099 and K-1 people only. So wait, I have I have a couple more questions that I, I know I've been taking the bulk of the time here. Have you? Do you have any questions before I go with mine? Yeah, two that come to mind. One, like I work with a CPA um, and own a couple different businesses, but also a 1099 for real estate. Um, What what is the process there? Like if I'm already working with a CPA, they're filing my return for me. What's the process with also working with you guys? You all work hand in hand with them or is it like, hey, you've got to leave your CPA and come to us or how does that work? Absolutely. No, no. No, no. So, so you have an A and B answer is what I'm going to give you. So answer A. So you're, we ask uh, all our new prospective clients to go back to their CPA, have them prepare what's called a pro forma tax return for 2023. 
So what does a pro forma tax return mean? This is the step right before you file your taxes. So essentially, it's a final tax return, and your CPA is going to say, well, Slade, you made a million dollars this year. We have all these deductions. Your taxable income is 400000 and that's the bottom number they'll say. So you would bring us the tax return. We will then do tax planning and say, okay, utilizing this strategy, that strategy, and you might say, hey, I want to buy a plane. I want to buy a yacht. I want to invest in farms. I want to invest in X, Y, Z. And based on that, we will pull one of those five of the income tax strategies. A plane in the future, that's for sure. And then, exactly. And then we we then uh, get with your CPA and say, okay, put these numbers in these boxes. And that would zero out Slade's taxable income down to zero. And boom, it's a done deal. So that's option A. Option B, which, you know, I would say about 60% of our clients take, they say, hey, Zach, you know, you're doing our tax planning. You have your own CPAs. You have your own tax attorneys. I'm willing to shift from them to you. And then we can do everything in-house for you. So, yeah, we are not uh, opposed to working with your CPA. But a lot of the times the CPAs get really curious because all of a sudden, you know, they were, you know, the go-to advisor by their client. And now all of a sudden, it, it's a, if I can speak candidly, it's, it's an ego hit to them, right? Because all of a sudden they're not on the, on the throne anymore because a private wealth manager came and said, hey, you know what, there's other strategies we can zero out. So, so step one is sense. if you live in New York, move to Florida. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, sure. Sure. If you like the heat, why not? Why not? Listen, and you know, I got to tell you something. I've actually recently met an investment banker from San Francisco who is in the process of selling his company for about $400 million, who just to avoid taxes two years earlier moved to Puerto Rico. But his entire family is in San Francisco. And I said, what is I just, this? I just, spent, I just spent 10 and days. Speaking actually at a, yeah, exactly. So, well, <laughs> I'm sure you were vacationing, but well, you didn't there move was, there, there, right? There was a, there was a, there was a business. Thing. His whole life. I got so, you. Section, okay. section six. So section essentially six. what I'm saying is certainly, certainly. Yeah. We know all about that. So essentially what I'm saying is, is that there are so many opportunities within the U.S. tax code that you do not have to uproot yourself to move to Puerto Rico or to move to Florida just to reduce your income tax bracket and break up your family or be away from your own family, right? There's no reason to do that if you work with the right advisor who knows these little known tax codes. They can have you be in a zero income tax bracket. I don't care if you live in the middle of California. I don't care if you live in L.A. or Manhattan. We can zero out your income tax and capital gains tax liabilities without disturbing your lifestyle. How do you well, see well, how do you how do you see? Um, you know, now that we have Bitcoin ETFs, digital assets, rural asset tokenization, all this becoming much more of a thing. Opportunities for people to invest in land as a tokenized asset, or be, you know, it's going to become the future, right? Um, you know, how do you how do you see Certainly. how do you see those type of opportunities? You know, going back to the original uh, 
Um, you know, I think what maybe what you and Wayne had connected on previously, you know, it's, it, we, we have a, you know, Wayne is managing a fund. He's raising capital into a fund to go out and buy farmland and invest. How do you see the tax, those, those same tax, tax strategies being applied to tokenized farmland? In other words, if, if does that, does that make sense? Absolutely. makes perfect sense. So it's very simple. The answer is really, really much simpler. Although these are new terms, tokenization versus a share Correct. of a company That's versus right. a common stock. That's it's just it a new term. So it's, it's, it's the exactly same the same yep. thing. Okay. Either a share of Microsoft or a tokenization. Same, thing. same right. thing. Okay. They used to call it IPO. Now they yep. call it ICO. Radio. Okay. Same thing. Okay. Yep. Or IDO. Right. They used to call it uh, you know, a fiat currency. Now they call it Bitcoin, right? But guess what does not change and has not changed? The government, the IRS is still there, right? They're going to say no matter which currency, even if you barter, if you barter a sheep for a bag of rice, there's tax on that, right? So it's no different. And I'm using like a very old world example to connect to the new world example. And a lot in the middle is where we are right now. Nothing has changed. But these tax strategies, and as Wayne had very properly said earlier, are put in place by Congress, right? Congress, every single congressman is a multi-multi-millionaire, right? Multi-millionaire. So they would never pass a tax code that they themselves can't take advantage of because nobody's above the law. At least I like to believe that. But nobody's above the law, right? So they have introduced and passed laws that benefit them. That's why they are in a 0% income tax bracket and, and many, many, many other uh, situations that so arise. You had a question too. So I hope I answered your question completely. Yeah, I guess curious, yes. um, you know, like with on the real estate side, we see a lot of 1031 exchanges, um, you know, like we had one last week, sold a property and rolled it into a new property. Um, are you saying there are strategies that are better than that or just strategies that complement that? And can you share on like what you are there? Totally. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, yeah, we we never use a 1031 exchange because number one, it's kind of a stressful situation if you really think about it. I mean, unless you're so well connected in the real estate industry that you find the right asset. And right now, especially people are still coming off of the the high of the low interest rate where, you know, you bought an asset and six months later it was up fifty hundred thousand dollars. No different than what happened back before the, the, the global crisis of 2008. And people are still looking to, so it's very hard to find that target asset to get a good 1031 exchange into, right? And then of course you have the 90 day, the you know, time frame and all the stress that goes into it. So the strategies that I'm talking about, the 15 strategies, not just one, 15 strategies that I'm talking about totally are, uh, you know, in replacement of a 1031 exchange. Or when we talk about, you know, cost segregations or bonus depreciations, that we bypass all of that. Why? Because, the again, like I said, the U.S. tax code gives us so much opportunity to do that. So to answer your second question, are there strategies where I can buy and sell real estate and not generate a taxable event? Right. That would be pretty cool. Yes, there are several strategies available and again it's just too much to get into right now where we can create almost like this tax bubble for you 
where you can buy and sell assets all day long and not generate this taxable event. Okay, number one. Number two, why would the IRS allow us, allow these types of strategies to exist? Because they'd rather tax you on $100 than $1, right? So using Aaron's example, where somebody started a tech company for literally pennies, right? Comparatively speaking, and now they're selling it for $100 million. So they're going to allow you to fatten up the cow, proverbially speaking, so they can get you the tax on $100 million rather than going along the way. So again, for real estate investors such as yourself, instead of you getting slaughtered every year because 1031 exchange, if you could not execute a proper 1031 exchange, you're going to get banged for most likely short-term capital gains, especially for flippers and wholesalers. You're getting banged for short-term capital gain, which is tax at ordinary income tax rates. So that is a major problem. So we can create for wholesalers, flippers, real estate investors, 1031 exchangers, if there is such a word, where this tax bubble allows you to float in this bubble and get your wealth to grow massively. Now, let's talk about taxation. So when you want to take income, if you turn, this is what I call the spigot strategy. You turn the spigot, you just need one couple. Hey, I only need $100,000 to go buy me, see, buy myself an Escalade, right? So you just get taxed on that $100,000 at that point. But we have additional tax strategies within the tax code that may, may even allow us to get that cup of distribution that you're taking to be tax-free. So it really is very incredible. Once you understand the tax code like we do, it's such a fun playground to be in, how you connect the dots and you, and you really see how wealth is really made. But you cannot really grow your wealth even if you give it away as little as 15% of your wealth every year in taxation, it's, it's hard because it's very difficult to earn a 15% rate of return, but yet you're paying a 15% rate of return off of your wealth. So for those of you who understand this analogy, it should impact you, let alone a high six, high six, seven, eight, nine figure income earner who are now paying 30, 50% of their income. Well, where do you get a 50% ROI? It's virtually impossible to get, but yet you're paying it unconsciously. So, but once you understand the tax dialogue, it becomes very juicy. Gotcha. And well, I've got, sorry guys, I've got a few minutes and I got to hop off, but um, I guess like you're saying there, you're, the taxes aren't, you know, the tax that you owe are not eliminated. Like you said, you're putting them in a bubble and, and hopefully just keep rolling that and growing that bubble. And you're only going to ever pay any, off of any distributions that you pull out if you can't still find, use another strategy to, to reduce it on what you're purchasing when you pull it out of that bubble. Is that, am I understanding that right? Uh, no, I'm, I'm not sure I understood your statement, but essentially inside of this bubble, you can do everything that you could do in a taxable environment. You can do a tax-free environment. So you can still buy and sell properties in a taxable environment. You would call it a 1031 exchange in a tax bubble it's a tax free you just you sold something the money goes back into the tax bubble and now you found another asset six months later okay i'll buy another asset i'll buy crypto with it i'll, I'll invest in farmland uh I'll, I'll buy a car dealership doesn't matter the tax bubble is agnostic versus all these other strategies section 179 1031 bonus depreciation cost segregation these are very narrow and apply to certain areas they don't jump industries. 
versus the tax bubble is agnostic. It could be any industry. It could be you could buy, sell anything you want. You can sell a piece of real estate or buy a plane. It doesn't care. Yeah, yeah. All right. Okay. Cool. Well, Thank we're going to have to wrap this up. Zach, how do people get in touch with you? The best thing that what I would suggest if you have found today's conversation to be uh, enlightening or insightful is to go to our website, uh, study the popular services page. And our website is Saber, S-A-B-U-R-P-W-M, like in privatewealthmanagement.com. So saberpwm.com. Go to our popular services page. There are 16 independent separate services listed there. Study them. And then contact us through our contact us page for a consult. And that's about it. But for 2023 tax bill is the one thing that we are really uh, trying to do an outreach on. If you'd like to zero out your income tax bill for 2023, we have so many opportunities. Any other questions, Aaron Slade, before we wrap this up? No, this has been this has been great. It's been very enlightening. I, uh, you know, this is actually something I've, I've personally been looking for for a couple of years and struggled to find it you, you know um so it's been pretty uh pretty impressive thank you zach fantastic i'm glad you like it thank you thank for you. being on today filling in well. for our guest who couldn't make it today thank so you for having me wait it's always a pleasure <laughs> yeah this has been great thank you so much right. good meeting you yeah well folks that wraps up our, uh, pleasure, our podcast for today thank you for joining us and we'll see you soon have a good afternoon Thank you. Yeah, bye-bye.